Hello and welcome to the Case Reopen Podcast, your number one Detective Conan rewatch podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Trees, and joining me, as always, is the lovely Kyle Bradford. How are you, Kyle? I'm fantastic, Tyler. We're here to talk about Conan, and Conan's a good show, and I'm so excited to talk about it. Is it? We've got not one, not two, but three episodes in this triple Bringing in that content. We're here. Yeah, are you, where's your hype level going into this episode? Oh, uh, good question. Like the first one or the two-parter? The whole, Everything. Everything we're going to talk about. Uh, do we got some bangers know, tonight? We do have some good episodes. I think uh, I we talked about this off, not off camera, whatever the equivalent of that is for a podcast. Off so air. Off mic. Off air. Yeah, that's the word. Uh, we talked about this off air, I think. Uh, I had asked you like what to expect from this episode or the two-parter and i guess my only gauge has been the other two parters that we've had which have all been pretty dang good so uh uh, what's the one i'm thinking of is it the season finale that was a two-parter we had a um we had that one on the boat um yeah the one on the boat was okay but uh the season finale was the last one we had right yeah that I believe that right, was a so two. It was either a two-parter or an hour special. I think it was a two-parter. I think that's my standard right now in my head. So, well, I don't think I don't think everything will reach that because that's pretty up there. It's downhill from here, baby. But, but. first, <laughs> we have episode thirty-eight, which is the Akoni Village Fire Festival murder case. This originally aired November eighteenth, nineteen ninety-six. Yeah, some of these titles. I don't know if it's just like bad english translations or if they're like super blunt like the fucking the 5 30 friday <laughs> afternoon dentist murder case oh and that was a anime original right yeah that was an anime original that's how you know it's good so oh yeah not written by that <laughs> hack okay yeah. uh the episode begins with Conan talking to professor agasa and he's He's like the viewers probably are. He's like, when the hell am I going to see this men in black again? This is so good. (laughs) And uh, Agasa explains to him, hey, I understand you're frustrated. And yeah, Kegger is getting more cases, but you can't be impatient or else he'll figure out who you are. And uh, then we get a really great scene where he's like, hey, check out my new experiment. And then it just explodes right in his face. So we get uh, some classic Professor Agasa um, I wish there was situation. more of him in this show so bad. This is always good. Yeah, he's such a good character. Oh, wait, we should talk about I don't think they've like said this on the show before. At least I didn't think haven't heard it before. But it sounds like they were talking about like so the reason why Conan is helping Kogoro get popular is because the eventually they think that they'll run across the black organization, right? Yeah, that's, that's been the, the plan since like episode two. Um, Did they say that out loud? Yeah, because he's like, because they say that Rand, that's why he stays with Ron, because her dad's a detective and that oh, can get him so clues. so the plan was always to get Kogoro famous. Well, I think ideally the plan was just to get a lead quickly and then it morphed into get him famous because... I see. But yeah, it morphed But I like that. that. I like that. It seems like, okay, I'm getting context for why A, nothing's happening and B, like, you know, why the, why he's deciding to take every case like yeah that. it also gives some meaning to all the filler cases you know because right, they are right. they do have a purpose even if they're not really impacting the core story right 
after leaving Agasa's place, Conan notices that Kogoro, and he's actually trailing somebody, so Conan starts to follow him, and he's like, hey, what are you doing, uncle? And then Kogoro's like, man, get get out of here, you little wiener. And then while it's, like, yelling at him, saying he'll get him noticed, he knocks over a bunch of golf clubs, and then the guy notices him. It's a really funny it's sequence. Good. It's good. Uh, and then... Plays it off well. So my favorite part about this episode was that it just highlighted how stupid shit, like, Burning Man is. Because we get to see this oh, no. festival here where all these dumbasses are like trying to burn a bunch of wood or some giant figure. And it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Is this a religious thing? No, I think they're just hippies. Just hippies. That's what I think. Does Japan have hippies? Everybody has hippies. Yeah. Right on. I mean, think about it. Like, that suicide cult was kind of like hippies. The ones that did the... Like gas oh, the, bombs. Yeah, the that's the reason gas. why they don't have any of the like trash cans in Japan. Oh, is re- is it really? I didn't know that. Wasn't that because they were they put the sarin gas there in the trash no cans? Idea. So now they don't have public I, I trash cans. I just know cans. that the thing happened. I'm, yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not read up on it. Yeah, I, well, I like reading up on you know killers, on tragedies. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he was like a cult leader, hippie dude. Right. Um. So yeah, the they sh- we get this quick scene at a festival, and then within this burning thing is actually a man's body that's discovered within the flames. So we get a shocking Whoa. twist there. He didn't it, make it. And then we find out the next day that Kogoro got received five hundred thousand yen for telling that guy. That's like fifty thousand bucks. Nice. Uh, and then he he's rem- mad about it though. He's not mad. He loves it. I mean. We'll get to it. Yeah. He's like, man, this was such an easy job. And then he starts gloating about how he's been solving case after case without realizing it. And Kenan's like, yeah, that's because you're not solving them. Okay, now I'm a genius and I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, like, this was a really good episode to get us back on track with the main story in a lot of ways. Because it's just reminding us of, like, where everybody stands, which is good. Sure. And sure. then Ron credits Conan for the good luck. And then Kigoro is like, man, how long will we have to care for that damn kid? He's just been staying here. <laughs> right. And then um, Ron tells him that Agasa said that his parents got out of the hospital, but then they had a job transfer overseas. So they asked Ron to continue taking care of him. And then Kigoro is like, wow. man, his parents have no shame. I love um, how the, like such integral information, too. It's just sort of like that's how it got passed off. Yeah, and then he this says, is wait, 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 hold on. Now I'm confused. So Conan's parents, they don't know, like Shinichi's parents. I mean, they don't know that Conan. Oh God, now I'm so confused. Okay, so does Conan and Shinichi, like, obviously Conan isn't pretending to be Shinichi. He's pretending to be Conan. Yeah, and so Ron knows Shinichi's parents. Yeah, right. And so why, who is calling Ron? To pretend to be Conan's par- I'm so confused. Well, so far, it was, it's all been through Agasa. He's been playing Messenger. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, okay. Right, right, right. Okay. And uh, we, on, we don't on. know anything about Shinichi's parents right now. We don't know. Sure. We, we, we saw mention of his dad in that Treasure episode. Yeah, making, um, making goonies. All we know is that he's like a writer. That's all we know about him. And we don't know if Conan's told them about him shrinking. Like, he's been keeping it on the low. Um, right. And I, I will say, 
Kenan's parents pop up very soon. Maybe next oh, week. Shit. Oh, shit. What? So this was basically setting up Yo, oh. that because we will okay. get to see. Okay. I'm so excited. Uh, maybe it's not. Ne- I might have got you excited for no reason. I did get you excited uh, two weeks from now. Sorry. Oh, fuck. Okay. Still, still. I'm excited. <laughs> shit. Oh. Yeah. So we'll be meeting them very soon. <laughs> um, and then Kegger is like, I'm going to charge them for living expenses. I'm going to take care yeah. of this damn kid, which is I mean, fair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you got stuck with this fucking kid out of nowhere. <laughs> what would what would you do if this cute little crime solving kid was thrusted upon you and nobody else would take care of him? I'd call the police. Like, this is really? not my responsibility. Yeah, it's not yeah, my, but, chi- it's not okay. my child. Have you seen Stranger Things? Yeah, because that happens with Eleven, and then the government comes and the the guy dies. Wait, what? At the very first season, uh, the guy, the guy in the diner, finds Eleven, and he calls like Child Protective Services and oh, all the people. Right, right. So I would be the guy who dies. Yeah, you're, you're gonna die by contacting the police. Yeah, it doesn't See, you're all this talk on Twitter. You're like, we don't talk to the police where I'm from. Yeah. <laughs> and now your first response to finding a lovely <laughs> child Damn. is to call the I've cops. I've been outed. I've been outed. Shit. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Wow, I'm a narc. Never Res- even knew it. Hashtag respect the blue. <laughs> oh. Straight lives matter. So my, just to go off on a quick tangent here, my buddy made like a fake Twitter account where he posted a bunch of like pro Trump stuff, and he was joining the Trump train, and like j- sincerely or like he's making. Well, l- he's let making me finish fun. this. So he'd use like all the hashtags. He'd like do stuff. He did this for about three weeks, and then he hit. He had like eleven hundred followers. So like what? over a thousand. So yeah. Shit. Okay. So I got, and then he was in all these group DMs with like other what MAGA people, and they'd talk. And his buddy also made an account where it was his wife. <laughs> and so then earlier today. He did this. This was always the plan. He did the big switch to where he changed the car- the guy's online handle. Um, and then he changed the profile picture, the display name and everything. And now it's like a hardcore leftist <laughs> and like talking about how they got to ban all guns. And um, uh, he's been blocked by several hundred of his followers <laughs> today. Um, but That's I was so just funny. looking at his like notifications. And it was so funny because these people are freaking out. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah, he's like they're like hashtag MAGA. Make sure you block him. It's a Roman, a Trojan horse. It's terrible. I didn't realize how fucking tight knit this group was. Yeah, man. Kind of makes me want to join because I want like a strong sense of community. Yeah, I don't yeah, feel like I get that. Yeah. So maybe the MAGA's there for me. Happiness can be found <laughs> in just following Trump. Uh, we then hear the TV, and it says that the news broadcast uh, revealed that the man's body found at the fire festival was, in fact, Nagishi Misaki. Uh, Kogoro is shocked by that news because that's the man he's been following for the past three days. And then he goes to the police to make a statement. And then Conan's just super excited about this. Like, a dude just died, and yeah, Conan's like, man, what a mystery this is going to be. <laughs> and then he Can't starts wait. playing with the soccer ball and ron's like what the hell's wrong with this kid like insane it, yeah he's like spinning it around him like a million miles an hour 
Um, I think you should use a different term for that. I believe that's ableist, Kyle. The term insane. What? Oh. Wow, look at you being so woke. Dude, the funniest thing was when Rich... What was it? Rich Crazy Asians? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Or Crazy Rich Asians? Um, People would be like, ableist warning. Or content warning ableism before talking that movie. Like, they weren't even talking about, like, just the title. We're going down a different path here, Tyler. (laughs) It was very funny. Um, So, Inspector Megary reveals that Nagishi had 500 million yen life insurance policy... And that it all went to Abe Yutaka, who's the man that hired uh, Kogura. Abe explains that it was a game, as they had known each other for 20 years, and they decided to make a bet on who would live longer. With the winner getting the 500 million yen life policy. So, um, Kyle, we haven't known each other for quite 20 years. True. But I think it's time to make a bet on who uh, will live longer. Do I win if, like, what are what are the, how does this work? We'll both take out life insurance policies. So you're giving me money, is what you're saying? Pretty much. Are you saying it's a, a foregone conclusion <laughs> that I'm going to die before you? I mean, uh, we have plenty of conversations. I feel like I know you well enough. Damn. I'll take. Do you this. think that? Do you think that I would? I think that I'm. Uh, what? I think they might find your body at like Burning Man or something. Yeah, that's about to say. Maybe, that's all I'm like, saying. Maybe that's the one thing that would bring you happiness is like just a shit ton of money from, from my life insurance. No, no, no. The money wouldn't bring me happiness. It's <laughs> committing a horrible crime and killing one of my only friends. That's you know what? what brings I, me. I die happy. I die happy. Uh, Avi says that he hired Kagero <laughs> since Nagishi had come to him asking for help, and he said that somebody was trying to kill him. And then he says that he has to leave for work now, so he tells the police to please find the one that killed my friend. Aw. So, uh, were you spelling bullshit right from the start with Abe? Yeah, he seems pretty confident in his own fuckery. Yeah, he rules. Uh, Megari and Kogoro agree that Abe has to be the murderer, but he has a perfect alibi right now, so they can't really do anything. The body was found on Sunday night, and Kogoro tailed him up until Saturday night. Uh, the crime occurred between those two times, and Abe was on a trip from Saturday afternoon to Monday morning. So, like, the math does not add up here. And nobody just, like, took a nap after before watching Kamen Yaiba this time. So there wasn't, like, a giant hole. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but not yet, anyway. No matter, Kogoro's trusting his detective instincts. And uh, that's something we've talked about quite a few times here, that, like, Kogoro does have good detective uh, instincts. Right, he's like, he's usually in, in on the right track, but for whatever reason, he's uh he's not quite there, so he needs a little bit of a push from Conan. Yeah, he has a trouble like sealing the deal. Yeah, but he has, he does have good instincts. Uh, the next day, Kagura finds out that Abe has already cashed in the insurance policy, and he's like, "I'm gonna destroy his alibi." So then he has all these pictures that Abe took during his trip, and they're looking at it. And Ron asks if he could have made a round trip, possibly, because he was still inside the country. But um, the only time he was free was always playing Mahjong on Saturday night uh, with friend. Oh, wait, sorry. Uh, during the window when the murder happened, he was playing Mahjong, and then he was on a city bus, and that's all documented. So there's no way he could have done the crime. Uh, Conan then starts to laugh because the pictures are strange. 
as almost all the photos have a clock in them. And then Koger is like, God damn it, this guy knew exactly what he was doing, creating a an alibi. And then we had a good little bit here where, you know, we see that Koger is not a total dumbass. He's like, man, Ken keeps giving me these hints when I'm stuck. That's really weird. I love this bit, yeah. <laughs> and then we get this great scene where Conan asks what's inside an envelope, and then he drops all the pictures that uh, Kogoro took of the victim, so he has to hit his hit him in the head, and he's like, kids will be kids. Did Conan do that on purpose? I couldn't tell. Uh, no, I like, think he's just genuinely stupid. Because like, he held it fucking upside down for quite a while before the pictures fell out. So like, Maybe it was, it was on purpose. To, like, uh, like, is he trying to help Kogoro out, or is he just... A dumb idiot so thing. he definitely plays dumb, but there are definitely right. moments where Conan's just dumb. Right, hundred percent. So it can be hard to hard to tell. Any time his like emotions are involved too, I feel like he just his brain shuts off. Yeah, uh, Ron asks if the victim was really the man that died in the fire, um, but Koger is sure of it because the police found his driver's license nearby and the dental records match. Conan remarks that it's suspicious because it's almost like the criminal wanted the body to be found quickly. He then looks at Kogoro's photos and he sees the man eating ramen, and that's that. That breaks open the case, Kyle. Because, ramen. Because this is strange. When I saw Nagashi, he was right-handed, because he was eating the ramen with the left hand. Who uses chopsticks with their left hand anyway? Criminals. Well, I mean, they're probably left-handed. Or are exactly. we going down the route that all left-handed people are criminals? Yes, that's that's my thesis. Hmm. Left-handed. <laughs> Are you looking up the stats? Serial killers. Oh, no. Serial kill... There is, in fact, a list of... Oh, I got a 404 error on serial killers that are left-handed. All right. Nine infamous left-handed criminals. All right. Jack the Ripper. Left-handed. Wait, how do we know that? What? I don't know. Probably the way he killed people. Oh, you know who else was left-handed? Osama bin Laden, 9-11. <laughs> only, only the terrible tragedy of 9-11 could be caused by a lefty. Uh, I agree. A Japanese war criminal, uh, Hideki Tojo. He was the prime minister. Uh, he, oh, man, this dude's cool. He tried to commit suicide by shooting himself in the heart with a gun in his left hand. Uh, Depression-era gangster John Dillinger was uh, left-handed. The Boston Strangler was left-handed. Uh, Billy the Kid. I don't know if he really... He's, he's not really a criminal. He's a cool guy. Cool cowboy. Uh, then we got the Gambino family associate. Tony Rampino was left-handed. So now that we know that all left-handed people are deadly criminals and the cause of 9-11... See, there's so many conspiracy theories about 9-11, but nobody really pieced it together that it's just it's all of the left-handed people in the world. That's true. The important stuff, it's getting left out. Uh, so Cannon compares several of the, of the uh, pictures, and then he figures out the trick that happened, but the timeline still has a problem. Kogoro then reveals that Abe has a motive, as his company had 300 million yen in debt that he paid back using the insurance. He's now planning to leave the country at 9, 9 p.m. that night, and that's in only three hours, Kyle. I love this part just because, like, the tension is immediately set with, like, a really clear established timetable. And uh, I felt like this this ending was ramping up and going to be really action-packed, even though it wasn't. But it was still really exciting. Yeah, they did a really good job of making the stakes matter. Because Kenny yeah. did not want to get this guy 
uh, you know, get off scotch-free after he killed somebody. It was like a more personal case for Kogoro because he was used to basically make this killer's alibi. So right. it's getting dramatic here with only three hours to spare. Uh, Conan then impersonates Megary and he uh, calls Kogoro and says, hey, meet me at the airport. I figured out his alibi. And then he calls, uh, and then he uh, does the same with each, both of them. Uh, and then we get this really great scene where Conan's speaking like the deep-voiced adults and the shop owner is just like, what? What's going on with this kid? <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> this old lady. Uh, then we get to the airport, and but uh, they can't find Abe. Uh, so Conan decides to draw him out. Uh, he like, this is like happens off screen, but I assume he goes to like the like desk and he's like hey can you help me find blank and blank or whatever and so over the loudspeaker they they ask for abe and they tell him to meet nagashi in the parking lot he's like what the hell he's dead so he goes out he's drawn to the parking lot to figure out what's going on megary and kogoro both find each other and then they're like super confused when neither of them knows how the alibi was broken like huh yeah that was great and they don't even touch they don't even show the explanation it's just like what <laughs> yeah uh and then ron notices that conan's missing and that's when we see abe arrive at the parking lot and then this is like a super badass moment for conan i love it when he's just alone with the the killer like that's always yeah, such a cool scene. Great. yeah <laughs> and he's, he's like hey. he's got too much balls like maybe try to be a little bit more safe because this has happened how many times now yeah and almost always like nearly backfires yeah <laughs> Uh, Conan tells him that he had a good plan, but Nageshi actually died on Friday night instead of Sunday. Um, and he says that uh, Kogoro was following a double and that the death made it impossible to tell the exact time, but Mori's testimony placed it during Abe's trip. Abe's shocked that a kid figured it out, and he says that the double was left-handed, unlike Nageshi. He then tells Abe to give himself up. He starts laughing. He pats Conan on the head very nicely. And that's when he tells him, this is really good. He says, it's true that Nageshi Masaki was killed by me, Abe Yutaka, <laughs> but I'm not going to give myself up. I'm going to live in luxury overseas. I like how he makes sure to say the victim's full name and then his full name. Who talks it's like great. that? It's great. <laughs> Who would be like, yes, it's true that I killed Kyle Bradford and he was killed by me, <laughs> Tyler Trace. Let me talk in the third person. I just love because, like, the next moment Conan has a tape recorder that he pulls out. It's like, ha, gotcha. And his face is like, why did I use the exact words? <laughs> yeah, that was just hilarious scene. Um, He then attacks Conan and he's like, you can't understand the stress of somebody that's in debt. Uh. Oh. <laughs> Conan then bites him to understand debt. He can't. He's a kid. Conan bites him to escape his grip. And then he's thrown into the back of a car, and then this tire falls loose. And that's when Conan powers up his shoes and kicks it into his head. Yeah, but that scene when, when he's grabbing Conan, like, that was pretty intense. Like, he's strangling him. A little boy. So what what did you think of the trick here? You know, using a body double to extend it. Like, I think it's pretty genius. Wait, what? The trick here. With how he tricked uh, Oh, Kogura. how he, uh... Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, that did that did seem really interesting. I thought you were still talking about the fight. No, <laughs> but uh, yeah, whenever they revealed that, like, oh, okay, the 
the guy who was left-handed was just like an actor or whatever made a lot of sense i felt like a it almost made me feel like oh yeah if that happened in real life somebody might have gotten away with it <laughs> yeah it was just like uh jesse smollett where he hired an actor <laughs> dude that uh, talk about funny cases man uh the police then find abe knocked out in the parking lot with the tape recorder just placed naturally right up on him and everybody's confused as to how it happened so it's like batman when he like tapes somebody to like a yeah. spotlight to make a bat signal he knew like conan was such a like hardcore vigilante justice guy hell yeah i'm down uh, for it we get the ending song and then kegger remarks about what a terrible guy abe was to use him as his alibi and then we get a little update on the imposter. Um, he was just hired to play the guy, but he knew nothing about the crime. And then Kogar is bothered by one thing that Abe said. He kept saying it was done by a kid. And then he looks at Conan and he's like, he's the only kid that was there. And then Ron's like, oh, it's impossible. And then Conan's, Conan's passed out on the couch while reading manga. And then he's it's like, so good. oh, it's hard pretending to be a kid. <laughs> probably my favorite stuff in conan to be honest yeah just when he asked that like dupe them and act like right. a dumb kid <laughs> so what do you think about this episode overall i thought the the villain was very detestable i thought the trick Definitely. was fun um i thought it had like a good sense of drama i thought it did a lot to get the st- main story back on track because we haven't dealt with like even just bringing up the black organization even though they weren't shown is a huge positive and Reminds us, like, what the stakes are. It really does help. <laughs> uh, I think uh, the episode started off pretty slow after uh, Agasa, like, left the episode. Uh, I wasn't really that attached to the case, to be honest. But the second that that, like, time thing came into play, I got really excited. And but where it went from there, it just it just went up and up. So I think this was a pretty good episode, all in all. Um, it had a lot of drama. I really liked... Not not that it's like business espionage or whatever the hell you'd call it, but I liked that it was a little bit different, right? It was, it wasn't like our normal sort of Conan case, and uh, it was very fun. Yeah, it was cool. It reminded me of some of the the episode where the guy had that. This is the one where they they were at they were at like another festival, and the guy the he took all these pictures like the year prior oh. for his alibi, but he yeah, had the watch. Yeah. He was missing the watch. I remember that. Uh, just because it came down to Conan, like, like first they were used to make his alibi, and then they had to, like, figure it out through pictures, like, finding what was off about it. So, right, they kind of reminded me of that. Yeah, damn, good pull. And then we've got our two-parter here, which is the episode 39. This was the wealthy daughter murder case, Kyle. Oof. Don't you want to meet a wealthy daughter? I don't want to murder them, though. Ah, it depends. What if they had a 500 million yen life policy? <laughs> well, I'd have to have like a 20-year friendship with them first. True. Um, so this originally aired on November 25th, 1996. We're almost to 97, Kyle. Can you believe it? Oh, We're just a I month away. It. So this is an interesting episode because... Uh, oh, you know what the last two-parter was? It was that... Well, it was the case... At uh, Sonic Hair's oh, reunion. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And this oh, has okay. a lot in common with that. Yeah, yeah, I think because so. Because they get stranded here at the beginning, not the. Right. 
get too far ahead of myself, but uh, the episode begins with a large gathering at a birthday party for Yotsi, uh, Yotsi Yotsu? How, how do you say that name? Yatsui? Yatsui. Reika. I think. She's a wealthy heiress. <laughs> and then uh, her father thanks everybody for coming to their mountain villa for the party. And then he has a special guest of honor that he wants to introduce, and that's none other than Mori Kagero, our hero. Acting like a fool. <laughs> oh, dude. He's hilarious because, like, <laughs> you can't take him to a damn, like, gathering or wedding and shit because he's just pigging you down on, like, all the free food and wine. He's getting shit-faced. Just acting like a slob. I love it. And then he says that his daughter's indebted to him because he had solved a, a very tough case. And then we find out that he found her dog, Bubbles. Hell yeah. Which is not a good name like John. <laughs> like, imagine <laughs> that same exact case. But he's like, I'm sorry, Bubbles. Bubbles. Yeah. That would have sucked. Yeah, maybe John is a good name. For Bubbles dramatic effect. I have a little stuffed oc- octopus named Bubbles. He rules. Alright, shout out to Bubbles. Yeah, shout out. Why don't you name a dog Bubbles, though? You know, that's not an aquatic creature. That's true. Well, what if... <laughs> <laughs> what if you put the dog underwater and you start drowning it? I think Bubbles would come up. That's true. And we'll, we'll learn a lot do you about think the dog would get episode. do you think we got how wet would the dog get from the struggle well you know a decent amount of wet but probably wouldn't be drenched probably just the top mm. of the head yeah we should keep that in mind yeah let's keep that in mind <laughs> uh they didn't meet uh oh god so this is one of those scenes where like they introduce seven different characters real <laughs> yeah. fast because they're like here's these All people with, like their one own of title killer. cards yeah it's uh, like a yeah. yakuza game yeah it's too much at times <laughs> like it's i don't really mind it watching the episodes but when i have to recap this shit yeah like yeah. it's a I lot you. <laughs> uh we meet takashi who works at a bank and he says it's an honor meeting uh kogoro next up we meet nikaido who's also fawning over kogoro and he's, he works in advertising then we the coolest guy is mifune who is this ponytail. he's like he has a darker skin he has a long ponytail He's the president of an electronics company. And he's like, man, this is the guy everybody's talking about. He looks stupid. <laughs> and then Karen is like, man, this guy's got a good head on him. Yeah, that's the best part. <laughs> uh, then we meet um, uh, Gojo. Or Goju. Goju. Uh, he's disappointed by meeting Kogoro. And then finally we meet uh, Masashi tells the he's slightly older than everybody else and he, he says all that all the younger men that appearances can be deceiving and that kogoro purposefully puts people off guard with his appearance and he's like he's done aren't I right? yeah and he's like aren't i right kogoro and he's like yeah 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 <laughs> uh, all of the men are f- fawning over reiko and they talk about whoever wins her heart will become the next leader of the company that she's born into so this is basically like marrying into like the Hilton family. Right. Which is doubly worse because I feel like everybody who's there already is probably well off. Oh, definitely. Especially because we learned that they all met in a yacht club. So everybody yeah. was already yeah, super rich. All these dudes. This sucks. Well, I guess the question here is, which Hilton sister is your favorite? There's I Nikki and Paris. I don't know what Nikki even... 
I don't even know her. She looked. She she hasn't been in the public eye as much since. Let me uh, let me hold on. Let me Google Nikki Hilton. Yeah, she had a. Oh, she married a fucking Rothschild. Good God. Ooh, yeah, I see it. Uh, I guess she seems more. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Palatable. Probably. They all I feel suck. Like I probably hate them both equally. Yeah, but like the fact that she married to the Rothschild's terrible. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's true. Oh Does gosh. she have a mansion for her dog? Probably not. I know Paris has a mansion for her. Yeah, dog. she was never as like crazy as Paris was. Like she didn't seem to have the like desire to constantly get attention. She's kind of lived outside of the private, like public eye for the most part. Yeah, good on She's her. She's like a more stable human being, is what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, Kenny then has to use the restroom, so he's trying to find the bathroom, but this whole corner of the house, of the villa that the lights won't turn on in, and then it's revealed that the lights for the entire hallway and bath are out, and then the, mm. the strange housekeeper interrupts Kenny, and she's like, you gotta use a different bathroom. And then, lady rules. Yeah, but then, uh, she did find it strange that all the lights are out because she had just replaced them recently. Hmm. Strange. Indeed. Like I'm, three days ago or whatever. I'm assuming no, since I don't think you're rich like these fuckers. But did you ever have a <laughs> villa to go visit? Uh, hard no. <laughs> what is, is a villa even? I don't know. Just some fucking cabin in the wood. Like giant house in the woods. Yeah, that sounds like some rich people shit. Yeah. Did you ever yeah. have... Have you ever been to a villa? Nothing big like this. Um, We had a cabin on like... Camping. like we had like a cabin like that like was in the family that like uh oh, shit. not my family but like the extended family yeah that like was on the mountain they own part of damn that sounds rad that sounds like this no but it's like a room oh <laughs> so it's like a like in Fraser they have like a cabin yeah it was just a small cabin that the guy built in his free time well, and then still- I I went up there once and I was like yeah that's a cabin. Like, I went to a Christian camp once. That's the best okay. I got. Okay, tell me about Christian camp. <laughs> I forget what it was called, but it was just like summer camp, and like. But learning about like, God. Uh, there wasn't much of that to be honest. It was mostly like Boy Scout related stuff. Seems like a shitty Christian camp if they're not bringing up God. Like I think you went to like a class, and then like you would go play sports, and like I'm Asian, so that. Well, that's why everybody, out. you know. Every sporting event, they thank God afterwards because they all went to Christian camp. That's the secret. It's true. It's true. Uh, as Reiki is about to depart uh, the villa, uh, her driver informs them that they have a flat tire. Uh, several men <laughs> offer to drive her home. They're, they're all just like, hey, baby, I'll drive you. Want to get on my Corvette? How about my Ferrari? Yeah, they all have like luxury. Like, I have a Mercedes Benz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck off, all of you. <laughs> They're just all the worst. Um, but they all have flat tires as well. In total, six cars in the parking lot all have a flat tire. Why the did ca- the butler open with that? Well. Or the driver. <laughs> he's just like, oh, just our car. The tire's gone. He's, oh, a, he's a bit of a troll. He's a bit of a troll. <laughs> I was just fucking with you. And then uh, it turns out that Kogoro's rental is fine, thankfully. Uh, Reiko r- refuses to ride with five other people in one car, though. Because it's her birthday, and she says, "I'll just sleep in the villa instead. You can pick me up in the it's morning." My birthday. <laughs> it I is. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm not gonna ride with other people. Do you want 
to be in a car crowded with six other people all trying to fuck you. Um, I, I ain't privileged enough to deny an Uber X, you know. <laughs> no, Uber X is by yourself. So oh, this would a, just be a regular wait, Uber. Is it XL? Is that the thing? I don't know how it works. I don't just, even get just Uber. regular Uber is when you'd ha- you'd have other random people in with you. Uber X is when okay. it's by yourself. Okay. Okay. Then. I haven't used an Uber since like last year. I have. I used one once when we went to Austin for our like a uh, yeah. trip. Yeah. I only ever use them for when I'm traveling. Yeah. Yeah. God, they're uh, so expensive. Uh, I mean, it depends if you've got money like me. Big bucks, trees. Cool. Kind of do whatever you want. Um, so yeah, uh, Reagan refuses to go with them, so she's just gonna stay, and then all the men interested in her decide to stay the night as well, since, you know, their cars are fucked. Uh, Nakaido calls all the men foals, as it was already decided who she would marry two years ago, so that's a little interesting tidbit. They're all trying to win her heart, but apparently it was already decided. Did they say who? What? Who she was going to marry? Yeah. Seems like well, it's important. I'll bring it back up uh, at the end of the story. Because I think it kind of shows who it was. Uh, meanwhile, Kegura is drunk and in no condition to be driving. <laughs> he's just like totally blitzed. It's great. I yeah, just put it together in my head. Okay, never mind. I get it. I get it. He's Sorry. a really good alcoholic. What does that mean? <laughs> like he's a really good alcoholic. He's likable. I don't think he's most... likable. Isn't he? He's a likable drunk. Yeah. I mean, I guess. <laughs> uh, everybody decides to play cards and listen to more. He tells stories. Uh, but Mifune's kind of like over it. And he's like, hey, I'll drive you home. I'll I'll take your uh, rental car for you. Uh, but Rekia says that it's a shame that he'd be leaving so early. Because she was one of the men that she might marry. And uh, he te- uh, she tells him that... Uh, Oh, sorry. He tells her that he has no interest in her. That he was only there <laughs> to get on her father's good side. So Conan is right. This dude rules. Yeah. He's like, hey, rich bitch. I don't yeah, care I don't about you. Like, he's probably like, I'm into dick. Uh, Kogoro gives him his keys. But then she slaps him out of his hand. And says he'll no longer work with his company if he leaves. And then Reika, like, an ultimate like rich girl privilege. She says, you are all little birds in a cage. If you don't take care, if I don't take care of you and feed you, none of you can survive. Yeah, uh, she sucks. Fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> so she's just using her like business connections to, like you know, force these guys to stay around her. So yeah, she's more the, of a Paris Hilton. Is that what we're saying? I don't even think she's that evil. <laughs> she just likes detention, which is fun. Sure, sure, sure. Like it's a bad quality, but I don't think. Paris Hilton's like a terrible person or anything. Sure. But Reiko. Not confirming. Kind of trash. Comparing people to a birds in a cage. Yeah. Because she just uses her family's money to like have fun and like embarrass her family name. Well, um, let me ask you this then. Which kind of rules. If, yeah, like if you're in a rich family and you inherit all that wealth and the wealth obviously is, ex- is you know, earned from exploited labor. You know, uh, our hotels exploited labor. Hell yeah. Isn't, isn't that the only ethical thing to do? Oh, I think she's actually the hero of this story. I'd buy that. Yeah. I'm putting it down. Uh, later that night, everybody's playing cards 
And that's when we learned that they all met each other in a yacht club. And they were like, Fuck oh, there's so much fun going yachting with each other. Until that terrible accident two years ago. <gasps> they all suck. So yeah, this is where I feel like this has a lot of similarities with the case with the guy with the, the bandage dude in the cabin. Where they were all... Um, the last two-parter we saw with Sonic's family. Sure. Yeah, but cause... they were all nice. They were all fine people. <laughs> yeah, everybody sucks here, but like, <laughs> there's a lot of similarities where they're trapped in this, you know, like sure. villa the or building. Is the same. Yeah. Um, and then that there's a, a shocking mystery from their past coming back. Who would have uh, thought? Uh, they notice that Rake is late, and Mifune says, "Hey, just leave her alone. I don't want to see that selfish rat." He rules. <laughs> He's so cool. Uh, they ask the housekeeper to check a room, and the rest of the guys start looking for her uh, throughout the house, but they can't find her anywhere. They then suggest looking in the forest, but she's nowhere to be found. It starts to rain, so everybody starts to go back to the entrance, and that's when they notice Nikaido's lifeless body in the fountain. Kyle, we have her first death. I tried to do the noise. Were you just happy seeing these rich people die? Yeah, it was pretty cool. You're like, you were like, head. let's make this a slasher flick and get some more of these guys out of here. Yeah, fuck these rich people. Uh, after that, Kegura tells everybody that he died from drowning and that he was murdered. Whoa. Funi says that Rika is the most suspicious as she isn't here. Kegura says that she may also be dead. Um, Even better. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes to contact the police, but all the phone lines have been cut. These bastards are rich enough in 1996 to have cell phones, but thankfully the mountain's out of range. And then, to make matters worse, Kogoro's tires have now been slashed, so they're all stuck in the villa until tomorrow. Bum, bum, bum. Rand then helps the elderly maid get coffee and goes to see if there's any sugar in the top shelf when somebody <laughs> puts drugs in one of her drinks. <laughs> it's so funny. We then get like this little funny scene where the uh the housekeeper is like oh here we go i found it we bought a bunch of this five years ago so what's the expiration date on sugar I'm not oh, sure. good question sugar expiration i bet yeah. it's a long time yeah i think it'd be fine because it's natural right yeah so yeah it says okay oh technically sugar never spoils sure ron was being silly nice while it's recommended that granulated sugar be discarded after two years, chances are it will still serve its baking purpose. Hmm. Okay. So there we go. So it's not ideal sugar, but I think she's fine. Sure. Uh, Kenan then asks what the accident was that happened two years ago, as it might have something to do with the case. And it's revealed that they were out on their yacht club sailing near a small island. And then an unexpected storm hit. Everybody returned to the cruiser, but Nikaido... Who was fishing and Rika, who was uh, Reiko, who was a uh, God. Who, what are these fucking people's names? <laughs> they start getting overly similar here near the end. Uh, Reika, okay, I had it right. Um, she was out on this like small island, but it, but once like the the high tide, the high tide hits, it goes under the water. Um, so they were found wearing life vests in the water. But the person that went to retrieve them wasn't found. And their body appeared three days later. It wound up being the housekeeper's granddaughter, Yako. So at this point, were you like, hmm, maybe the housekeeper did it? Yeah, especially because the way that they cut the whole little 
Ron getting drugged in her coffee bit. Yeah. She's the only other character that we know of in the room. And like, there's this hilarious, like smile that shows up right before like drugs get thrown into the cup. And it's just like, yeah, it seemed like the show was trying to do that. She's mysterious. I just, she's the only woman left and I don't trust women. So, (laughs) you know, obviously I was like, Hmm. Uh, Kegger <laughs> uh, proposes that they split into two groups and that they search the house again and to make sure they're never alone since somebody might be the murderer. After drinking coffee, Ron becomes very tired. Uh, she then goes to lay down on the sofa and the housekeeper promises to watch her. Dun dun dun. While everyone is looking, uh, uh, the lights go out. That's when Conan hears a strange noise and then all the characters meet up with one another find that the window is broken and that they believe that murderer escaped that way. Uh, the housekeeper, uh, they run out the building trying to find him, and then the housekeeper joins them. And then Kego is like, wait, he's with my daughter. Dun, dun, dun. And then we get in. This an, part was great. A very dramatic scene here where the murderer is <laughs> carrying Ron. And he starts trying to drown her in the sink. And she's struggling to fight back because she's barely conscious. And then Conan finds her on the ground, but thankfully she's still alive. Uh, and then Ron reveals that she almost drowned and she thanks Shinichi, not Conan, for saving her before she falls back asleep. Yeah, she's like all tripped out. So Conan puts it together that she was drugged. And then he notices that the microwave is warm for some reason. Uh, the housekeeper then says that she felt a warm wind go. Uh, before the lights went out, which Conan believes was the wall heater, he then notices that the timer is set for 12.30, which is the same time when the blackout occurred. He then goes throughout the house and he finds that all the rooms, all the wall heaters said were set for 12.30. So that means the murderer created the blackout on purpose. Pretty crazy how you can just do that. Yeah, well, it's just, all you're doing is making the house use too much energy and then right, triggering the breaker. Yeah. Which is sort of crazy. Like, hey, I'm just going to turn all this shit on at once. Uh, Mifune and Masashi then decide to lock themselves in the rooms. They're like, hey, I'm not hanging out with these fucking murderers. Um, and everybody else is in a group waiting for people to arrive. It then hits 7 a.m., so they were up the whole night. Uh, everyone goes to the bathroom, and they return with coffee. Takashi playfully slaps the back of Conan and Kogura, and he's like, hey, there's no sleeping pills in this. And they wind up spilling coffee on their clothes, so... Dumb fucker. They have to run to the bathroom to wash it off, and that's when they discover Rika's dead body in the bathtub. Damn. Yeah, she we, got got. Were you surprised to find find her dead? I was pleased, pleasantly surprised. <laughs> and then we get the greatest Conan's hint. Shirt stains. <laughs> it's, uh, it's cum. that leads us to episode 40 of detective canon which is the wealthy daughter murder case part two this aired one week later on december 2nd 1996 but uh before we get into the the second half here what do you think of the mystery here good question what did i think of the mystery um like were you invested i was but I, i I think just because this is, you know, the first part of a two-parter, a lot of it was just setting stuff up. And uh, 
I mean, I hate all the characters, so whenever they turn up dead, I was like, yeah, cool. Um, I think the only co- the only guy that I don't absolutely hate is the ponytail dude. Uh, he's just so cool. He, yeah, he's willing to just tell what's her name to fuck off. Um, gosh, I think the exciting bit when, when Ron was uh, getting drowned, right? Like, that was pretty crazy because you don't yeah. normally expect a main character to be in What do you like think that. of her thanking Shinichi? Oh, that was a good moment. Yeah, just because, like... I think it's very rare that we get to get a glimpse of just their relationship and get to deal with something serious like that. So the fact that she in her like little uh, lucid moment, I would think Shinichi is very cute and sweet. And uh, and I think it's also cute how like Conan sort of brushes it off because he's like more concerned with her well-being than like, you know, oh, oh shit, she likes me. <laughs> oh, so. Second half of this case begins with Kogoro explaining that Reiko was drowned in, an, uh, in a similar manner to the previous two incidents. Uh, he believes the killings are indiscriminate. And he mentions that Reiko is drenched from her skirt to her shirt. Uh, there are also duct tape marks on her on her mouth, and then rope marks near her feet, indicating that she is being held captive somewhere. Uh, Mifune then accuses Takashi of being the killer stating that he had time to cure while the others made coffee. Kegura says that isn't the case, as Reka has has been dead for over two hours. He then says the only suspects are those that lock themselves in the room, so it's either Mifune or Rakuta. Rakuta says that he saw Mifune leave his room at 6am. Mifune admits that he went to wash his face in the bathroom, but neither of them have a real alibi since they were by themselves. Conan then examines the body and agrees with the estimated time of death. However, he doesn't understand why her clothes are wet or why there was tape on her legs as well. Gojo then asks uh, where Reka's body was being held captive because they were looking all over the house and they couldn't find her. Takashi then says that the bath was empty when they checked it earlier, so that it must have been in somebody's trunk of their car. What were you thinking here, Kyle? Who who did you think did it? Man, yeah. Uh, This... This particular case threw me for a big loop because I feel like I ran through almost every character uh, in my head once, at least. Uh, probably my leading theory was the older guy. I don't know his name. Yeah. Uh, his name uh, is... Ron. Rakuda. Rakuda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because I feel like this show normally tries to do something unexpected and he's the character that like he uh he god whenever they introduce him he's the one who's saying like oh Kogoro is doing this on purpose he's being a dummy on purpose as like a yeah, this a guy seemed relatively okay like as yeah. far as the douchebags go because he just seems yeah, like an true. older gentleman that's true yeah he just happened to be rich yeah he's just yeah. trying to get some young yacht pussy which I was respect. he there to get married too? I don't know. Maybe. Oh he no, seemed, no, no, because he said he seemed he to be protect. friends. Yeah, he seemed to be friends with her father. So right, right. right I don't think right. he was trying to he marry. He wasn't like a sleazeball. Yeah. Although I mean, hey, that's that's who I thought at first, just because. Seems like that would be the the prime yeah. suspect. Uh, despite Ron being attacked earlier, Conan doesn't believe that it's an indiscriminate killing. Uh, it doesn't make any sense to delay Rake's death like that if it was indiscriminate. He also doesn't understand why they use the bath rather than the fountain. Conan then goes to turn the water on, and he's surprised when the shower turns on 
rather than the faucet. Uh, that then solves the case for him, and he realizes the trick that the murderer used and Ryron was attacked. However, he has zero evidence to figure it out, uh, to, you know, catch the guy. Kenan is then looking for evidence when he nearly falls into the bath, which is a cute little scene. <laughs> uh, and then Kagero catches him. And he's like, hey, Dude's don't so get wet. <laughs> I love how you can just pick him up like he's like a puppy. He is. He says tiny. Kenan then realizes how to get the evidence that he needs. So he knocks out Kagero shortly afterwards to start his deduction show. He reveals that he knows who the killer is and asks everybody to take off their jacket. What was your response when he's like, take off your jacket? You were like, uh, yeah, that, that was very strange. I assumed it was something to do about like, uh, not the jackets themselves, but like, uh, like the actual shirt. And then we obviously know the clue comes. Oh, yeah. Comes so, I thought it was going to yeah. be like a magic mic scenario. He's like, all of you are going to give a lap dance. Let's go. <laughs> Whoever does it the worst is the killer. Yeah, Mifune protests over this a bit, but everybody complies, and then it's revealed that each of them have a water stain at a different part of their shirt. Kagura says that the killer drowned Nikaido in the fountain, attacked Ren in the kitchen, and then murdered Reika in the bathtub. And the murderer is none other than Takashi, the kind of nerdy looking dude. Yeah, the incel. Yeah, well, I don't know if he was an incel. <laughs> oh, true, because of the backstory. We'll get there. While looking for Reiko, he caught up um, with Nikaido and then lured him to the fountain and drowned him. Takashi says that he just met Ron and has zero reasons to attack her and that he can't cut the power. He's like, is there an accomplice or something? None of this makes any sense. Kagura mentions the wall heaters and microwaves um, as that's how he, he tripped the breaker. And then after the blackout occurred, he broke the window to make it seem like the killer fled outside. And that's when he attacked Ron. Uh, Takashi reminds him of his alibi, and he's like, hey, he was with you the entire time when Reiko died. And then Gojo comes to his defense, saying that everybody took a coffee cup randomly, so it's not like he just meant to drug Ran, and he could have drugged himself. So Kagura says that the killer didn't actually drink any coffee, and that uh, he was going to attack anybody who was unlucky enough to drink the cup, so it was truly indiscriminate there. But his plan was never to kill them. He just wanted their testimony that their head was forced underwater. That way people would assume the third crime was done the same way. I thought that was really clever. How he's using somebody for their attacking them for their testimony rather than, you know, like actually trying to right. do damage. There seems like a lot of variables to this whole alibi situation. Kegura then reveals that Reiko's head wasn't forced underwater. And said the murderer left her for eight hours before killing her, and she was soaked and tied up in the inside the tub. The key to the puzzle is the shower. Normally, when you fill a bathtub, you use the faucet, but the shower was on by default when Conan checked it out. The killer tied her down to the tub, and she drowned as the water level slowly increased. He drugged her to sleep at 10 p.m., uh, then set the water so she would drown at 5 a.m. in order to get his perfect alibi. I got a question here, and this might just be because of how uh, Asian bathrooms work, but wouldn't you imagine the bathtub would start to overflow? Yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't. I have some issues with this because I that, and then like, why would I know? Like, it was in a section of the house where uh, people the lights like, were off. yeah, so people weren't going there. But wouldn't you hear a fucking shower running? 
Right. Yeah. And it's like, it's a villa, but it's not a huge house. You'd be yeah. able to hear the water going. And I do feel like it, maybe it has like a drain in the bathroom, right? So like if yeah. the bathtub was overflowing, it wouldn't be a big deal. Like I've seen a lot of that. But still, it just seems like, is she not screaming? Is she not? Well, she was. She had tape. Yeah, tape. You know, you can make noises. You can splash around. You can, you still like. Well, she was tied. She can't splash. She can't like, you know, kick the tub and like make a whole bunch of ruckus. And no, she's tied up. I don't know. I don't know. I don't don't believe it. I don't buy it. I think, uh, I think she wanted to tie. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) <laughs> like how you're just on board okay. and then uh Kerrigan reveals that he was able to keep her spot a secret in the house by searching the bathroom himself and then cutting the power to the area so others wouldn't use it takashi asks for proof and that's when Kerrigan reveals that his water stain gave it away gojo has uh stains on his sleeves from washing his hands afune has it on his collar from washing his face but he has stains on the middle of his arms it's from when he took his jacket off and then rolled up his sleeves to take Reka's body out of the water. So that proves he's the killer. I wonder if that would hold up in court. <laughs> Me too. Like, <laughs> he, he hey. had water on his sleeves. He had water on his sleeves. Kegura believes that the motive lies in the accident two years ago. And that's when Takashi comes clean. He says that Yeiko's death wasn't an accident. And that she was killed by Nikaido and Reka. Yeiko had an extra life vest when she went to save Reka. But to her surprise, to his surprise, there were two people that needed. Oh, sorry. To her surprise, there were two people that needed saving, and they were one life vest short. And so they stole Yaiko's vest for themselves. Uh, they later lied to the police and said that they never saw her. Takashi then says that Reika admitted everything before she died, and that's when the housekeeper, who's a, is the mother of the person that died, she's like, right. "You're stupid. Nobody deserves to die." I'm not saying that I forgive Rika for the crime she committed, but when someone dies, that means that someone else is stricken with grief. Even if I'm the only person in grief, that's more than enough. So that's damn. That was a good scene because she's the mother. She was already, you know, going through a lot of pain when her daughter died, and like right. even though he did this to like avenge her, she doesn't feel any better about it. Yeah. So it was really short-sighted, and she really makes a good point here. Um, you know, like. Saying, hey, this isn't helping anybody. You're just causing more issues. This isn't the right way to go about it. You're fucked, dude. You're fucked. So what do you think about... uh, So, oh yeah, to answer your question from earlier, when they... Because the guy who said that it was already um, decided two years ago was also Nikaido. Right. So he was referring to this. That, like, they had that secret together. So she was going to marry him, I guess, to keep his mouth shut, I guess. Yeah, I think, like... The, once we started like the next conversation that's when my mind finally put the pieces together like oh okay i get it but uh, what do you what, think about this ending sequence the big dramatic reveal and then the, the nice little speech from the housekeeper this was good this was another one of those episodes where everything sort of came together in a really interesting way and i really liked the sort of a uh, the moral case that the murderer tried to play at the end there because like you know the people that he murdered were shitty, but of course, like that grandma coming in and doing the thing that Conan usually does where he's just like, nah, you fucking suck still. Murder yeah. Like this bad. is kind of hit and miss. Like we have that dumb thing where he's like, 
I failed my only friend, the computer. Um, (laughs) But like this worked for me. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Especially having like the mom be the one who's saying it. It's like, oh, damn, you don't have like a case to stand on. Yeah, like for her as your friend, as you were ever seeing your friend die, like that was her daughter. So, yeah. Right. Uh, after the ending song, we see Ron chatting with Sonico, and this might be my favorite part of the episode. She's telling <laughs> her about how she was attacked, and then she says that she felt like Shinichi had saved her. However, there's no way that could happen with that detective nerd. Uh, Sonico then agrees, <laughs> saying there's no way that moron could do something so considerate. And Conan's like, hey, hey. <laughs> I love, <it. laughs> I love, I, I love getting too. a little dash of Sonico. I love Conan's reaction there like this is all great because Ron like is clearly like likes Shinichi but she's still stubborn and doesn't want to admit it right it was cute anytime they drag Shinichi I'm down yeah uh next Conan's hint is cutting style yep what what the fuck does that mean cutting style horizontally cutting style vertically he cut it with one of those uh, crisscross applesauce. Crisscross. <laughs> uh, so next week on our show, we'll be going over the victory flag tearing case and the karaoke box murder case. But uh, as a whole for this episode, I don't think this is like on the level of some of the two parters. I'd say it's more closer to the one on the boat. Yeah. Um, which I think this was a good episode, but uh, I don't think it's a classic by any means. Sure. Yeah, I think I think in terms of like Conan episodes, totally fine, uh, very enjoyable, entertaining. Uh, but I think like because since we're still pretty early, we don't have a whole lot of two parters to pick from, and so this one, you know, obviously doesn't reach the heights of uh, like the season finale. What or- if I told you that? The ponytail guy, Mifune, makes another appearance in the show. What? Yeah. Does he become a regular or? Like- no, he doesn't become a regular, but I believe he does show up once. Oh, okay. Once so more. he just like returns. Yeah. They oh, do yeah. that a few he- times where like a person that was like a secondary character in one case will appear like again down the line. Does he tell someone off like he does this, uh, this dead woman? <laughs> Maybe. We'll find out. Hell yeah. Cool. So dude. yeah, those are two pretty solid episodes i liked both of them mm. what do you think uh compared to the first episode we watched hmm i think that was tighter because it was just one episode um the kind of the issue with a lot of the two-parters is that they do like eight minutes of action and then the rest of the episode is just the it seems like the explanations are always longer and yeah, I, it kind of like makes sense episode um to a point because there's a lot more to explain because mm-hmm. there were three attacks but like we kind of worked through some of them already and it seemed like it was just taking up time so yeah. and that's kind of how i felt with the uh, the last two parter which was at the sonico's cabin mountain sure. so yeah, yeah. yeah i feel like that's kind of a an issue with the two parters that they spend too much time explaining in the back uh, on the episode two but obviously they have to explain stuff so right right um so for these how do these work in the manga because i assume like the structure and the flow of every case like probably not similar 
is it pretty clear which ones would be two parters or so basically like your normal case is going to be like three or four chapters let's say of the manga Uh and then if it's a longer case like this was probably like six chapters oh okay so it's pretty obvious which ones would be yeah so it's just okay. like if if they're, they i didn't know longer. if they were like squeezing some down into like one episode so yeah i don't think that's i don't think it's like that i just think they have they're just kind of hard to adapt because like it's easier to deal with like a bunch of exposition in a manga because you're just reading it quickly and like for an episode like this it's like taking up like 15 minutes of the runtime right right interesting but, uh, yeah we have two two episodes next week uh, oh yeah did you think any did you think the first episode we saw the uh, village fire festival did you think that was an anime original or a manga <laughs> case oh um good question i think it's an anime original no it was a no? manga Damn. case okay both of these were manga cases this week okay so two bangers by the hack himself i feel like i get that question wrong every time you ask it yeah i'm not very good you should have known it was manga because they referred to the black organization ah fair point they don't like uh sidestep around it and yeah and they brought up conan's parents which we'll we'll be meeting soon not exactly soon but pretty soon oh man i'm hyped yeah so not next week but the week after do we meet both of them or is it just like one or i don't know shit all right Sometime soon you'll be meeting them. I'm in. All right. Um, so you can follow me on Twitter at Tyler Treese. You can follow the show at case underscore reopened. And Kyle, why don't you give them your Twitter? Uh, you can follow me at spirit and soul S E O U L just like the city. And uh, yeah, that'll do it for this episode. We'll see y'all later. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye.